You are listening to Hit Play, Not Pause, a feisty menopause podcast for active, performance-minded women. I am your host, Celine Yeager. Each week, I bring you advice from athletes, scientists, researchers, and other experts to help you feel and perform your best, no matter what your hormones are doing. This show is a production of Live Feisty Media. Hello, strong, feisty women. I hope you all are well. First off, we had such a great response to our question and answer episode that I will definitely be doing another one. If you would like to submit a question for consideration, and I do try to answer them all in one way or another, though some of them are so broad, they require a separate episode, and I'm working on those now. Anyway, you can submit those questions at speakpipe.com slash hit play. That is speakpipe, S-P-E-A-K-P-I-P-E dot com slash hit play. And there is a clickable link in the show notes. You don't have to memorize that or write it down now if you're driving or running or whatever. It is super easy to do. You just push a button, leave a voicemail, and we take it from there. I will be making these a regular addition on our show because it was super well received and it was really fun to do. Okay, speaking of shows, this week we have a show all about balance. We get so many messages from the world at large about being tough and grinding it out and pain is just weakness leaving the body and get up at 4.30 a.m. and get it done and blah, 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 blah. And those messages are okay for mediocre t-shirt inspiration, but they're really not useful for us. Not because we can't do hard things. We can 100% do hard things. Menopause and midlife do not mean we have to give up on our big athletic goals, our endeavors. We can run marathons. We can do Ironman triathlons. We can compete at CrossFit. We just need to do things a little differently now. We need to respect balanced training that includes equal amounts of effort and restoration, and to respect that a balanced life is a healthy life. And that's ultimately what allows us to enjoy our physical pursuits, reach our goals, feel good in our bodies, and stay in this game for life. So this week, we break that all down with women's health and fitness coach, Baz Moffat. Baz is a former elite rower with more than 20 years experience working within health, fitness, and sport. She specializes in the area of pelvic floor, core, nutrition, and women's wellness. She has a hugely holistic approach to perimenopause and menopause, and her one singular goal is to help women move freely and embrace life. She is also the co-author of the Female Body Bible and the co-founder of The Well, which provides health and training resources for females in every stage of life. You can learn more about her and her work at bazmoffitt.com, and I will put links to the Female Body Bible book and the Well Headquarters in the show notes. Before we get to it, come on over and check us out on Instagram and Facebook at Feisty Menopause. Sign up for my free weekly blog at feistymenopause.com. You can learn more about our Level Up membership as well. We've been having really great discussions. So if you like deep dives, I encourage you to check that out. And thanks so much for those continued great reviews and five-star ratings. They definitely help me get guests on the show in this very competitive podcast market, and I really appreciate it. Also, super, super quick, thanks to Prevenex for their support from the beginning and their continued support. I get so many incredible reviews about their products from listeners. I just got a few last week. One is from Jennifer, who tells me she feels improvement in her energy since starting their Optimal Health Pack. Odette is loving using their Neurofy recovery drink after long workouts. It keeps her full, provides all the nutrients she needs, and it tastes great. And Megan, who just started using Prevenex Joint Health Plus, and she was using that to combat some medication-induced joint pain, which she actually didn't have high hopes for because she didn't think it would help with that specific kind of pain, and it has. Uh, she's super psyched that she doesn't have to use ibuprofen. I didn't want to take that daily. I definitely recommend trying this product. Megan, I do too. It's why I'm running 10 miles now with no pain in my big toes. So thanks, Prevenex, for your continued support. We really appreciate you. All right, enough of me. Let's have a few words about our awesome sponsors and get on with the show. 
Musculoskeletal health is everything during menopause. Everyone knows how much I love Joint Health Plus from Prevenex, which has helped me get back to distance running after arthritic toes stopped me in my tracks. Now they have a product that has become my go-to for muscle strength and recovery, Muscle Health Plus. Muscle Health Plus contains all the key ingredients we talk about on this show, like creatine monohydrate, essential amino acids, and branched-chain amino acids, plus even more cutting-edge ingredients like HMB and estrogen that are scientifically shown to increase muscle growth, recovery, and strength. I use it every day during my early morning lifting sessions, and there's no question that it helps my power during those workouts and my recovery after. Plus, I love having everything I need from the best high-quality ingredients in one reasonably priced shake. I've also heard from fellow users who have had bloating or GI upset in the past from creatine that haven't had any of that with Muscle Health Plus. I make my shake with almond milk and espresso, but it's also good with ice cold water, which makes the flavor really pop. As always, you can get 15% off your first order with the code HIPPLAY, all caps, one word, at Previnex.com. That's HIPPLAY, all caps, one word, at Previnex.com. Do your muscles a favor and head on over and get some today. For decades, running shoes have been researched, tested, and designed for men. Brands have relied on the shrink it and pink it approach to sell male shoes to female customers. That's why we are stoked to be working with Hedda's. Hedda's designs athletic footwear for women that elevates performance, safety, and style. Hedda's has unlocked the science behind women's biomechanics through dedicated research and creates better shoes for women's performance. Some of Hedda's special features include a lower ankle collar to reduce rubbing on women's ankle bones, a breathable mesh toe box to allow for ventilation and accommodate female toe shape, a more narrow and reductive heel cup to reduce heel slippage and take pressure off the Achilles, a rounded instep that creates a snug fit through the middle to match the curvature of a woman's foot, and supercritical foam and a PBEX plate in the midsole to keep our legs going when the going gets tough. Hedda's has three shoe models designed for different sessions, the Alma Cruise for your long runs, the Alma Tempo for training days, and the Alma Speed for pushing the pace. I've been running in the Alma Tempos, and they are a pleasure to train in. You can get your own pair of Hedda's at Hedda's.com and use the code FEISTY20, that's all caps, FEISTY20, for 20% off. Check it out today. We'll put a clickable link in the show notes to make it a snap. All right. Well, thank you for joining us, Baz. I know you have a new book out and that's very exciting. I want to talk about all of that in a bit. But first, you know, I actually want to talk a little bit about your history and and okay. how you got here. I know you were a rower for Great Britain and you actually went on to win a bronze medal in 2007, I believe. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Do you still get on the water? No, I don't. Um, I think rowing, anyone out there that's rows you can't do it quickly or efficiently and it is all consuming so rowers are rowers do you know what I mean like their whole life is rowing and I'm kind of not in that life stage yet I think I will go back to it but at the minute no I'm not on the water oh you do think you'll go back yeah I do I think I would absolutely love to coach I would I just want to get back and coach uh maybe I'll get back in a boat and row I, I need to find I want to find a group of people that can row like, so we have a great boat, but like, uh, we don't need to go out that often. You know, we just get the glory, the glory rose, so to speak. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. And I have to ask, I really have tried, I have to tell you, Baz, over the years to love the rowing erg. Like I had Sarah Furman on this woman. She had me so enamored of the idea and I bought a rower and I really just, I cannot. No. So erging row, uh, rowing machines are so different to the feeling of a boat um, and they're really, really hard work. You get into that, unless you kind of know what you're doing, you get into that lactate zone so quickly that you're like, you just can't, and you can't get out of it. And it's and it feels really uncomfortable. Um, I I have no love for that for that piece of kit. I will I will do it for a minute or two or three minutes, like as part of a workout. Um, but in terms of it, it's rowing on a, on the river with people um in a team the technique is so it's a craft and it is so different to like the the beasting it and the uh of a of a rowing machine so i i have no 
I, I'm not surprised that you don't like the rowing machine. As a cyclist, I appreciate that. Whenever I'd be in the gym and they'd get me on the assault bike, they'd be like, you're going to love this. I'm like, I hate this. <laughs> that bears no resemblance. So you also have started the business. You're a mom of two. Uh, you're at the Well head HQ headquarters, I assume that stands for. Yes. What is the Well HQ? Uh, so the Well HQ is is a business and we are on a mission to redesign the system of sport and exercise for females. And the way that we are approaching that is through education. So we want to educate everybody that is a female and being active about their body so they don't hold them back, but also everybody coaching and supporting females about the, 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 you know, their bodies, which... I mean, in the UK, it's the same all around the world, to be quite honest, that uh, there's no standard level of education. So you can go off and do a pre and postnatal qualification or you can do a menopause course. Um, but but you have to decide that you want to become an expert or a specialist, whereas actually, you know, your cycling coach probably, I imagine, has a whole squad of people. Some some women, some of you will be menopausal. Some of you have just had a baby or be thinking about having a baby. They don't want to be an expert in women they're not going to ever promote themselves as being an expert in women they just want to know enough so that they can do no harm and really support you when you're going through those inevitable life stages and those things that are going to happen to your body we what we're attempting to do is just say look we all need to have some level of knowledge because right now nobody really has any yeah uh, yeah you know and I just, I was listening to, it's so needed. I was listening to a, and I'm not going to drop names, but a, a well-known cycling podcast with a very well-known uh, male coach who very offhandedly, when they started talking about working with women in the menstrual cycle, he's like, well, you know, the women usually get so lean and fit. They don't, we don't have to worry about that because they don't have it. And I, I can't tell you how fast I sent some emails <laughs> to some people that I, you know, the people on the show. And that's, you know, that's not good enough like i was i was in the system i was on the i was on the british rowing team 15 years ago now um i would have that kind of conversation was happening um it was happening within the medical profession it was happening definitely within the world of elite sport arguably they didn't know any different okay they didn't really know at that stage that 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 the menstrual cycle had such a positive influence and was so essential to female health but but we know now and we and we know the consequences of that. And for somebody, even for someone like who who says, well, do you know how successful I am? Do you know how brilliant I am? That 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 naivety and that ignorance is, is not OK, because it's a duty. I, I, I strongly believe it's, it's a legal duty of care issue now because we have the evidence base. Like, you know, like in the States with concussion, all that work you've done in the in the AFL, like we, there is it is the duty of the sport to look after the heads of the people playing that sport. And I think with female health, it's the same. It's the same. It is exactly the same with the menstrual cycle, with eating, with, with training people too hard, with public weigh-ins, all of that kind of stuff. It's it's not a nice to have and a privilege and a kind of a thing that you only top up on if you want, you know, if you want to be, define yourself as a female coach. It's like, no, this is actually a lot for me. It's it's far bigger than that. Yeah, I agree. And amen. I mean, I think that legal part is I mean, you're talking about women's health for their life, mm. right? Mm. It's a big, it's and we're a just big beyond, thing. we are so beyond. I mean, it's happened, you know, there's been so many horror stories in both of our countries with elite sport and loads of different types of sport. We're beyond caring about how many, like success isn't enough, gold medals isn't enough. It's like, we just can't destroy people. And, and I think that it, unless you have an understanding of this, you destroy their relationship with their bodies, with others, um, with food and with exercise and and that's not okay <laughs> yeah and uh, you know I'm sure you see it I see it in this community all that all those ideas that become very very entrenched and ingrained are nearly impossible to shake out I mean I still see women in their 60s who just can you know struggle with not weighing in and with all of the things and it's just we we just need to do better so I appreciate what you're doing yeah, and it's um it's big though. It's huge. It's absolutely huge. You know, I can kind of say, yeah, we're trying to redesign the system, but it's culture and it's ingrained and it's like and it's and it's and it's like, oh, but I really want to be successful. So surely if I just train a bit harder and eat a bit less, that's like I'll do that. And it's kind of um yeah, so um there's a lot of work to do, but but I'm I'm not 
I don't feel I feel really positive about it because actually, you know, people can get stuck in that. Oh, my goodness, this is terrible. This is outrageous and get really angry about it. But actually, I see it as a huge opportunity. I'm like, oh, my goodness, look, think how Beth, we're doing a pretty good job. Like there are things that are wrong. Of course, we've just talked about those. But actually, how much better could we be? Like, and this is something that um, on a on a um, on a sort of systemic level, no one's doing well. So it's like, well, how, what are the opportunities now for increasing participation, for increasing performances, for increasing, improving health? There are so many gains that can be made. Um, and of course, there are examples of people doing brilliantly, but they're kind of quite, they're, they're, you know, they're siloed, they're tiny, they're like, you know, one man, one man, one woman bands. There's no one really doing this on a, on a grand scale. Yeah, amen. Well, thank you for, for being on the spearhead of this journey. I appreciate yeah. it. Let's pivot a little bit to menopause. Where are you in your own personal perimenopausal hormonal journey? I say I'm ready. <laughs> I am ready. I feel it's like it's the only life stage that I, that I am ready for. I'm probably overly ready. I, um, I've def- I mean, I've got no clue how I how I navigated puberty, really. I kind of like it's kind of all a bit of a blur. Um, I, I, apart from I definitely had reds and some kind of definitely disordered eating at that stage pre and postnatal I approached that in a very I I just come out of high performance sport like in that athlete mindset I'll be fine I am physically brilliant whatever I ask my body to do it always does it and that was a car crash of a mindset to have and so that that really shook me up and now I feel like I'm just in this much more positive place much more positive relationship with my body and I'm and I you know uh, one of my co-founders is a is a is a GP, is a doctor, and um and like I'm just I'm but I'm so ready that I think any kind of symptom that I have, I'm like, oh, is this it? Is this it? Do I need to go and have the talk? Um, I don't think I'm quite there yet, but I'm I'm 45, um, but I'm ready. I'm all over it. I'm ready. I'm educated. I know the chat I'm going to have. I know what I know what support I want to have, but I'm I'm not in it. That's awesome. That's really great. Yeah. So how? How have your, you know, you talked about sort of like the mindset, and I think the mindset is so, so important. Um, how have your own views of training and athletics changed over time? And sort of specifically, as we talk about the women in this demographic, you know, 40, definitely 45 on who may be in perimenopause or menopause, you know, we have this very active audience here, women who do Ironman still and they're doing CrossFit and they, they come up with this very disciplined, rigid, fixed mindset, right? Like I get up at five, I hit the gym, I swim 4,000 meters by six 30 in the morning. I'm on my second, whatever my brick. Yeah. Um, you know, and I'd like to explore a little bit about like the benefits of uh, reassessing, if you will, that mindset as we move into this period of our lives. Yeah, um, I think I'll talk personally. Um, my my health is so important to me. Like that is the most important thing. And I would rather I, I'm not doing anything competitive competitively at the moment. But like I would if I was if I was like, you know, uh, I'd. I love open water swimming. I love long distance swimming. So I do like five, 10 K races and I really enjoy that, but nothing would compromise my health. So I would never, I'm, I am so far away. I have been all in with performance clearly as a high performance athlete. I was so unhealthy in that place. I do not trust myself to go all into that place. And I would, and I, and I, so I want, and, and I suppose the, um the things that I, track in terms of like what are the things when do I know that I'm like slightly tilting over like I'm I'm really connected in with my breath which I know sounds really woolly but like if I kind of like can't if I feel like my breath is stuck and I can't breathe properly I know that there's a lot of tension in my body and stress and I kind of like if I can't relax and let go with my breathing I know that's a problem if my bowel if I start getting constipated and my bowel health isn't right then I know again that that's like there's, you know, I, I'm either not eating and drinking properly, but also there's more stress in my system because that's a real indicator for me. And also if I'm not enjoying my children, do you know that like you get to a stage where you're like, they're just really annoying you. Actually, I've really learned that it's not them, it's me. And so if I'm not in a place where I am able to, if I feel that they're, they're always taking time away from me, so it's almost like I'm, um, oh God, I can't, I need to work, I need to train, I need to do this. Actually, that then really triggers their poor behavior and so those which those three things which are totally random but those those mean a lot to me that if I if I can breathe properly if I have good bowel health if I 
if my kids are behaving, you know, obviously that's not always consistent, but if I, if I am enjoying my children, then that's a really good, those three things are a really good sign for me that I've got it in balance. And I think that, you know, especially for the people that you're mentioning who are, they'll be working full time. Many of them will have children and you're trying to like crowbar training into that already jam packed schedule. It takes a really brave person to say, do you know what? I'm, I'm going to sleep. Like, and actually if I, if I if I get out if I sleep one day a week, the gains I make from that extra sleep are really significant, and it probably won't. It's not. We're not saying you need to take, you need to suddenly drop from six de- six mornings a week to three. We're probably saying you need to drop from six to four, and 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 replace with a strength and conditioning session. Actually, I have found when I'm working with people in that space, it is a massive leap of faith because that is not how the culture of those sports are set up. It's like more, 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 earlier, longer. Let's go for a long, long distance swim. Oh, let's cycle to that swim. Let You know, it's it's, it's all about more. But actually, as a midlife woman or, a you know, an older midlife woman, like that sleep is like you need sleep. You, you, and you, you can't. There's nothing that can replace it. <laughs> like nothing it doesn't matter how much protein shakes, how many like how many vegetables, like how much nothing else can like can give you what sleep can. And I think that, um, and especially with this menopause, or like sleep is the first, is is really some can can be very challenging because of if you've got mental health, if you're stressed or anxious or depressed or your hot flushes, all of that. It's a tough thing to get right. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that, and I think that that is. Uh, really, really, really good advice. Just like li- giving yourself those couple mornings or whatever it is. I mean, it just turns down the volume of the stress, which is, you know, and it's harder to manage that cortisol. It's harder to manage all of that. You know, I heard you talk on um, the Inside Try Show when you when you were on and, you know, you were talking about how one of the things that is not appreciated enough, especially at this stage is matching our very hard days or those volume days with truly, truly easy days, you know, and can you maybe talk a little bit about why that and why warming up is important and cooling down and like all that stuff that maybe we, eh, whatever, we jump out of bed like for many years, but now we need to pay attention to those pieces a bit more. Yeah. So we need to not get injured. Right. And the, and the list of um, the, if you're injured, you're out. Like basically you, you can't do your sport. So we need to minimize our risk of injury. As we age, the quality of our connective tissue is less. So we the, the list for females, the risk factors for females getting injured is a lot longer than the risk for males getting injured. Okay. So we so and as we age, that list gets even longer. So we have to do everything within our power to not get injured. Like sleep I've mentioned, fueling right I've mentioned, recovery I've mentioned, but also around those sessions, I think I suppose caveat this is we can do whatever we want. We can we can run marathons, we can do Ironman, but the, we have to put as much effort into the rest and the recovery and the restoration to enable us to do everything that we love and want to do. So I think that um for you know, the the things specifically around a session are we just can't get away with we can't get away with sitting at our desk all day and then going out for a run in the evening and I think that um whereas in our 20s we probably could manage that and I think in your 20s you can you, you can still be a, a relatively high performer with getting quite a lot of your lifestyle wrong like you can drink late you can go to bed late because our, our, our body is just set up to recover a lot quicker but as we age all that all of that system slows down so we need to um make sure that we're fueled well for all the training that we're doing make sure that we're hydrating during that training and make sure that we're fueling brilliantly afterwards now women notoriously put themselves last in these in these things that be like oh what can i grab at the shop on the way in what's in my bag they'll get home and they'll, you know it's unlikely that anyone's prepared a meal for them when they get home, but it's like, how do we make sure that we've actually that that we're able to eat around around our training? And also we need we need to warm up and we need to warm up well and we need to and it's gonna take longer, like it's gonna take longer for our bodies to get ready to do the intensity of the sessions that we want to be doing or the or the length of the sessions we want to be doing. And we need to stretch and recover and relax and um from a muscle perspective but also from a kind of like taking us out of that fight or flight and that acute like exercise zone into that parasympathetic zone because once you once you can down train and it just involves like 
walking or breathing and stretching and but really kind of quite mindful with that because then then you can sleep <laughs> like and, and if you like if you kind of um stay in that zone and you get in that zone and you get in your car and you race home and the house is chaos and you're like oh i need to get to bed now your 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 mind and your body are not ready for that so it's kind of like how can we start from immediately after that session getting you know if it's in an evening session getting ready to to sleep well <laughs> It's so interesting you say that because, you know, I did go for a run early this morning and uh, not super early. I actually slept in. I got up. I'm like, you know what? I need a little more sleep. And I slept in and I was so happy I did. But, mm. you know, I went to run and I have noticed that my my transitions take a little more time for like you were saying from like one state to another. And I would never before like walk to warm up into a run. I mean, it just isn't something that I would do. But now I just I give myself that time to take literally three minutes. You know, what is it? To, mm. And it makes such a difference. And then I ramp up and I have this really lovely run and I actually cool down and I feel so much better than if I had just tried yeah. to do that thing. And do you know what? Like it's saying, you know, you just said it was three minutes. It was like, don't don't think about like the marathon people chat or the iron man people chat like think about three minutes like so it's, it's once you're when you're in that world of everyone like doing those like competitive chats about like how you know how tired they are how hard they're training all that kind of jazz you can kind of get really into that like every minute matters and, and, and it does when you're a high performer but and but actually we're not talking about that we're talking about three minutes three minutes of your life like means that you can enjoy your session more like brilliant does it is it in the grand scheme of that 10k run whatever you've done is three minutes less at a certain intensity generally going to make that much difference no it's going to make no difference whatsoever or regardless of what you know all the pro athletes are doing of course it's going to make a difference to them but they are fully 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 their whole life is around that like at our stage of life it's not our life is not all about it's really important to us but it's not all about that. And it's kind of, and I think it's kind of, it doesn't really make that much difference. Like, I, which I know is like a t sometimes a tough pill to swallow because you're like, surely like every single thing, you know, and especially as we're all monitoring everything and all these trackers and stuff, we can kind of just like stop being a bit sensible about it, can't we? Well, and you can also, if you want, not turn on your watch until you've done your warm up. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, like that's okay too. If you would rather see the higher numbers, I mean, yeah. I, I'm at the point that I literally don't care, but I mean, it, but you can, I mean, I, I tell people if it really messes with your mind and you don't like to see that average speed or whatever go down, then just yeah. don't turn on your watch until you're, until you're going, you know, it's fine. And, you know, you've talked about a lot about um, fueling and being you know, the nutrition piece. And I think that we, should spend a little more time on this because this is also something that people really, really hit. And, you know, you, you had on that inside try show, you talked about setting your fuel to full, which I, I thought was such a really great turn of phrase, you know, and, I, and I'll, again, going back to this run, I will admit, like I had a little snack before, cause I don't do any fasted training at all. I did a little snack before I went out and then I came home and that met that, that voice that never quite leaves said, well, you really only need that half a bagel. You know, you don't need a, and I was just like, you, you just ran, you have this podcast to do. I'm going to swim later, eat the whole effing bagel, like eat, like just eat. And my cortisol, like I, my stress levels go down. I feel better. I'm calmer. I'm, I feel very clear with you, but if I hadn't eaten, if I had let that voice go in, I might've been okay. But I think that the next session would suffer. Mm. Maybe our conversation wouldn't be as good. My my nerves would be a little more jangly. So I just wish I would, if there was nothing else people could take out of this, I, I really want them to hear that, set your fuel to full. And I'd love to hear you talk about that. Every single message we've received since you were five or six has not been that. And I think it's a really, really hard, you know, you've still got that like monkey in your, that chimp in your head, that monkey in your head, and you're having to bash it out of your head. You're having to actively do that. At and 54. Everyone, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. tired of it. <laughs> uh, it. Yeah. And, you know, that's probably, I, I, I've got zero clue because I've only just met you, but it's like, I know from my perspective, it's because my mum was on a diet for our, for our whole life and struggled. And the, we were part of that low fat, no fat kind of like world and, and, and you know, the, 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 the supermodels and all of that. And it's that, and, and we just can't quite, we, well, it's not, we can't quite, there's no way we can, success is thin and beautiful is thin and we just can't get that out. And it's like, and it, 
and it's it's a really it's a conscious battle all the time but i think it's that it's, it's what i've just been saying like you know nonchalantly does three three minutes off the off your session doesn't matter but being being blasé being general being kind of like oh i'm gonna have a full bagel is like people in endurance sports are so, like to control everything and they just and that that ability to trust what their body is telling them is something they really really struggle with because it's like do I feel tired is that okay no because you fight you fight all the signals the whole time you all you push through we have immense determination so when your body is trying actually listening to what your body needs and responding to that is really and giving yourself permission to do it is really hard but what you just said about oh I, I you know I never I never trained fasted like again many most women well many women will won't they they will wake up and but it takes longer in your fifth you can't just wake up have half banana and run it's like well if I wake up and have half a banana I might need to enter my bowels 15 minutes later and that might mean and actually that's a great thing because that that means that I'm like I'm, I don't get the uh, the irresistible urges when I'm out running or training and I and my pelvic floor health is better I'm not leaking but like that's an extra half an hour onto your day. And if you're training at five in the morning or five 30 in the morning, then am I really needing to wake up in the fours? And then if I, if I do that, then I've definitely not had enough sleep because I'm stressed about waking up at that time. So maybe it's just better not to eat and I'll just get eat when I get back. So it's a, it, you know, it's hard, it's hard. And it's, but it's, but we all know that like our women's bodies do not, we are so sensitive to the carbohydrate availability in our bodies that unless we have carbohydrate available, our bodies don't work well. And, um, and it doesn't need to be a lot. Like we're talking a hundred calories generally, like, you know, half a banana, a bit of or half an, or like an orange juice, like, you know, a, sm a small amount. It doesn't have to be huge, but it just gets you, you know, gets you going. Yeah, no, it, it, Yes. And, and and I believe it becomes more important once we do hit this hormonal stage, right? Like with perimenopause and menopause too. It, it's really important because midlife is stressful, regardless of what is in your life, whether that's children, older people you're caring for, full-time jobs, charity work, whatever it is, everyone's mid, most, I don't know anybody that doesn't have a full-on midlife, regardless of what it's filled with. But then and on top of that, chemically, a lot is happening in our in our bodies as our ovaries stop producing estrogen. It's a hormonal roller coaster, exactly the same as puberty, but the total opposite. Um, and that that adds stress into our system. If you add on to that calorific deprivation for huge chunks of your day, that is an added stress. And then you add in exercise, which is a stress. We cannot adapt. We cannot adapt to that training unless we we have fuel inside. So. We can't really, we can't get rid of our kids. We can't get rid of our job. We can't get rid of our financial worries as much as we'd want to. We, you know, we can work on those, but there's lots of things we can't change. We can't change chemically what's happening in our bodies. What we can change is our relate is how much we're eating. And and we can also change how we are training so that we have the energy and the capacity to adapt to that training and get better. Um and, and still enjoy it. And I think that um in midlife, again, that just takes that takes diligence and it's the kind of thing that isn't i don't think traditionally has been part of the conversation it, it yeah that that health well-being piece does not have an easy relationship with performance does it and like you know like and i, and I know that people every, not everyone listening to this will will consider themselves a high performer but they are like they are a high performer like anyone doing anything for a long time is a high performer and so how do you balance health and well-being with that and i think that's um yeah, I think that's hard. Well, thank you for that. And thank you for that messaging. Um, let, let's pivot a bit. You mentioned sort of the pelvic floor a couple of times too. And I know that's something that you're you're passionate about. And I read that you recommend two minutes of pelvic floor work as part of every exercise session. What does that actually look like? I'm so passionate about pelvic floor. I feel it's the solution to everything. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that, um, that like, if women have most women will have pelvic floor issues i think that's we've just got to accept it like we've not got to say it happens to about a third of women it only you know if you add if you are doing impact work running if you are menopausal if you have had babies there's no way you've got to you've done all of that without having any issues with your pelvic floor and if you and most women will have had will be you know i imagine most people on this podcast will at least have had two out of the three of those things um so pelvic floor issues 
really it's a, it's a, it's a clear sign of dysfunction our pelvic floor is supposed to keep us dry and we're not supposed to be having irresistible urges uh, to empty our bladders or our bowels um and so for me i feel that up until now that that pelvic health has been a very, very medical thing. So in the UK, really, you can only get support if you go to see a gynecologist or a, we call them a women's health physiotherapist. I think you call them pelvic health physios yeah. in your country. Um, but they're really highly trained, specialised people. They're brilliant, absolutely fantastic. But actually, the world of sport and fitness can do a lot of work so that we kind of like not everyone needs to go and see these people because there's not enough of them. And actually, they don't need to be telling you don't, they don't need to be telling you don't be constipated do your pelvic floors i can do that like we can use them for the you know for the real expertise they need um we can't assume as well that pelvic floor issues are always because you have a weak pelvic floor and actually when you come to athletes it's often because their pelvic floor is too tight especially if they sit on a bike for a long time like it's like ah, everything's gripping and holding and you're not breathing so not always and i am not medical not always but in many situations it's because you do not know how to relax and release and let go of your pelvic floor and and that actually again because an athlete mindset is grip hold do push lift uh, learning how to relax and let go is a it's a challenge but that's when i say we need to be doing a couple of minutes of pelvic floor exercises it could be so when you're doing your classic yoga poses that kind of the um the child pose, the happy baby, the hip openers, those those exercises, when you're using your breath to go into it, it's, it's that feeling, visualizing, imagining that your pelvic floor is relaxing and letting go. And if you're like, I don't even know what, what that is, it's like your hips. Just feel in your pelvis that things are stretching and lengthening. And I think that is a really, it's, it's, changing the shit it's changing the shift in the connection of like what you are thinking when you're doing your stretches and your relaxation work can you for some part of that session can you fix can you shift the focus down into your hips and your pelvic region because then i just feel it's a part of our body that we're so disconnected from so disconnected from women can't feel it so in your sports Everyone will have really uh, strong heart and lungs and respiratory systems. They will know how to move their arms and their legs. And if they have a running coach and they say, I'm, I'm not a running coach, so excuse this like attempt. But if they're telling you to like, you know, change your stride length or look at your, your, your heel strike, whatever you go. Yeah, I can connect with that. If they tell you to do something with your with your hips or your core, people can't women can't feel it. It's a part of their body. They just can't. And unless but it is a powerhouse in terms of like in 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 many ways and i think that the pelvic health piece and um, it's a part of our bodies that we need to learn we need to do a better job at connecting with i uh, i could not agree more i've had on three or four pelvic floor specialists on the show since i started it and the one that made me really go i have no idea what the hell i'm doing was kim vopney she she has this program buff muff challenge but she has this visualization about Picking up blueberries with your vagina. Okay. So like when Oh no, when, perfect. Yeah, I do yeah, beans. Based, yeah, same thing. Okay, beans. So like yeah. but I I was all out of sync. Like I never I realized like you never relax it. Breathing in, mm. out, whatever. It's always just like you said, because I've been on a cyclist. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, okay, breathe. And I had to really think about it to just like let it go to get ready to pick up the blueberries and then sweep them up. But it and and doing that in those child's poses, it is. It is something, even if you feel like you've got all the connection as an athlete to yourself in the world, I bet that there's many who do not, who have never made those connections. And it becomes really um, much, much more of an issue at midlife. So women could have got through the whole of their lives with no issues. And yeah, they, they may have had babies and had no issues, no babies, no issues, doesn't matter. But then they suddenly get to 45 and they're like, whoa, like nothing has changed. I'm doing the same amount of training and the same weight, everything is the same, but now I'm leaking, or now I have these irresistible urges. What on earth is going on? And it's the, as we age and our connective tissue, like the quality of that reduces, our, we can't rely on our global system, like the external muscles to kind of keep, to keep everything functioning. And also really specifically, our vaginal area and our pelvic floor, is so reliant on estrogen. There are so many receptors for estrogen in that region of our body that when estrogen is fluctuating and reducing, it means that 
that part of our body is not it, it it's it's not as moist it's not as strong it's not as connected and that's why regardless of whether you've had children or not that men that menopause throws up a whole load of other issues in that in that part and you know i had a i was working with a marathon runner she wasn't she would never she just loved running like she had no interest in how fast she was running just but every morning she went out for a run and she and for her mental health for the whole thing that just that's just what she needed to do and suddenly she started experiencing irresistible urges to go to the toilet on this run and she started working with me she's like i hate it now but that's the only that's my tool to keep myself healthy and if i can't run I don't know what else I can do. I don't, I don't, reading a book's not going to do it. I don't want to knit. I don't want to be part of a choir. Walking's not going to cut it. Like I I need to, I have to run, but now I'm, I don't look forward to it. And when I'm doing it, I'm really worried about will, will I get this urge on the side of the road or like in the woods or like what will happen? Um, and you can just see how it really destroys somebody. And she'd not had children. She'd never, it'd never even been on her radar um we did some we did some really specific work with her pelvic floor we also got her some um vaginal estrogen which is a real kind of specific everyone needs vaginal estrogen when they get to this life stage but it kind of like that really helped plump up the tissue and actually it was that vaginal estrogen that was the game changer because it just gave her the support that she needed and um yeah and and that's life-changing isn't it because now she can carry on running and that's and that's why i say that i do feel it is it's a real and I and I feel that fitness and sport can cope with this. We have no training, but I but hopefully like with the work that we're doing, that will start being incorporated into stuff. Um but I think that we can cope with that. We can cope with helping and supporting women in this space. Yeah, I hundred percent agree. And I assume that this dovetails into I know you teach, you know, being strong to the core is a big part also of what you do. Mm. And pelvic floor must be part of this whole core, being strong to the core yeah so um i'm i'm not doing one-on-ones anymore and i'm not doing group work anymore again i would love to go back i will go back to it once i've changed the world and made it a better place in the world of sport and fitness but um the pelvic floor is is a huge part of the core and i think that when you know again i've worked with many women who who have had chronic back pain or hip pain they've been to see so many physios so many pilates instructors no one's ever talked to them about their pelvic floor and and that's the missing bit of the puzzle so often if you if you've got pain or discomfort in that region if you're not if you've not got someone that's assessed your pelvic floor or talked to you about your pelvic floor or incorporated that pelvic floor piece into your core work then that is often the missing link now pelvic floor work at the start is really rehabby isn't it like you know you you'll have gone through this it feels it's it's very like oh it's kind of like your first driving lesson it's like i want to do this oh like uh, uh, it feels very very clunky but over three months, if you're doing it consistently and you're doing it well, over three months, you will be able to, you'll be able to start, you'll incorporate it into your normal training. But at the start, it does feel like, like, oh, oh God, I can't feel it. I don't know how to turn it on. I don't know how to turn it off. I don't even know if I'm feeling it. Am I feeling it? But over time, as those neural pathways start to open up and you get a much better connection, like any movement, it does start to smooth out. Yeah, I think women don't, unless they've heard, don't necessarily and the first time I heard it was like light bulbs going on all over the place that the pelvic floor is part of your core it's part of this canister that all works together and I think mm. that you know the diaphragms and the, the, all things are working together and I think that we we tend to separate things out a bit well these are my abs you know and my yeah. pelvic floor is here so yeah um and, and I think a lot of people now that we've like, we've been talking about pelvic floor for five minutes have probably just turn their pelvic floor on and that like, you've got to let it go <laughs> and like what you just said it's like this canister it it's a unit that moves together with the breath so we don't we can't turn it on for a 5k run or for like you know for a set like you can't turn it on and turn it off it's like it's no it works it's dynamic and I think that again when I was on the um on the rowing team it was the the the, the initial way through a core stability and core stability was about holding and fixing and uh, and it's actually now we've started to realize that, oh actually possibility is a thing but on the inside of that it's really dynamic and we need to connect it in with our breath excellent as a lifelong runner and cyclist i am stoked to announce that tofosi optics has come on as a podcast sponsor the beauty of tofosi sports glasses is that they hit all the marks they are shatterproof polycarbonate so the lenses not only reduce glare but also offer scratch resistance and complete eye protection they stay put 
They have little hydrophilic rubber nose pads that actually get more grippy the more you sweat. So they stay secure and don't slide down your face even when you're running in sauna-like conditions. No matter what sport you do, they have a shade for your activity, including tennis, fishing, pickleball, running, cycling, and just hanging out at the beach. And they are super reasonably well-priced, which is very hard to find in a sea of overpriced eyewear. And they just look freaking rad. So head on over to tofosioptics.com and use the code FM, capital F, and capital M, like Feisty Menopause, number 20, FM20, to get 20% off your order today. I'll put a clickable link in the show notes to make it a snap. Good sleep. The one thing that sets you up for a great workout and a good day is quality sleep. We talk about it all the time here on the show, which is why I'm stoked to have Lagoon Sleep as a new sponsor. Because one of the most overlooked tools in a great sleep toolbox is the thing you literally rest your head on eight hours a night, your pillow. A quality pillow is everything. Otherwise, you end up tossing, turning, punching, and folding your pillow, waking up with neck pain, and all the stuff that happens when your pillow doesn't meet your personal comfort needs. Say hello to the most comfortable sleep you've ever had with Lagoon. They start you out with a two-minute personalized pillow quiz and then pair you with your perfect pillow. I got the Otter, a cooling adjustable pillow that is perfect for side sleepers who run warm at night like I do. It is a dream. It's fully adjustable, so I was able to get the perfect loft and support, and the cooling feature is everything. As someone who turned into a furnace every evening before menopause, I appreciate that the Otter is stuffed, with shredded gel-infused memory foam, which instead of trapping heat from my neck and head, draws it away and dissipates it. It's truly delightful. I'm a good sleeper, and Otter's taken it to the next level with both support and cooling. Put my head down, good night, Irene. My aura ring confirms what little tossing and turning I was doing is gone. The beauty of the pillow quiz is you can get the perfect pillow that you need to and make your sleep the best sleep you can have. Go to lagoonsleep.com slash hit play and take the two minute quiz to find your perfect match and then use the code hit play, all caps, one word for 15% off your first purchase. Sweet dreams. So you have a new book that is out and it is the female body Bible. What was your, you know, I know that was with Dr. Emma Ross and Dr. Bella Smith. Bella, Dr. Other? Bella, yeah. Yeah. Um, what is the book about and what inspired you to get involved in that? Because it's a process. I I know how books are. It's not, it's a journey to write a book. Yeah. Um, We really wanted to write an evidence-based book for the masses, if you like. So an evidence-based book that covers everything that happens exclusively and differently inside a woman's body and we didn't want it just to be aligned with people just like the types of people that are listening to your podcast so like absolutely the types of people that listen to your podcast need to be reading this book but so do the people that um you know uh the people that are playing hockey the people that are playing basketball the people that are like yeah the coaches of of young football teams it's kind of everybody that is um that wants to understand girls and women's bodies properly so it's a it's evidence-based it's all fully referenced but actually it's really really practical there's loads of stories in there there's loads of um practical application of this knowledge because often that's what we find the problem is is like People don't have the knowledge, but even when they have the knowledge, they don't know how to use it and apply it to their situation. So we, there's like 12 chapters. It covers everything that you'd expect, like the menstrual cycle and breasts and pelvic health. But it also goes into injury risk. Why why are women getting more injured than men? And what can we do about that? What's, what's concussion all about? What are the life stages that women go through? Like our relationship with food and also a, a huge section on Red S. Our psychology how how females respond to coaching differently and like what what and, and all of it so it covers everything because i think what's important is that we passionately feel that there isn't a fix there isn't an app there isn't a pill there isn't a way to train we need to educate people and then they can make their right choices for them but right now we need to raise the bar on that education because no one has any so we, it's a broad brush but it, it is it is from a deep evidence base if that makes sense well, it makes total sense. And I wish you the best of luck with it, because I think that, you know, that broad swath of education in the general population is super, super important. It's very, very needed and is a missing piece right now in women's health and girls health. Is there anything, any messages that you would like to leave our listeners with 
that we have or we haven't talked about just about, you know, staying their best, feeling and performing their best as they go through this transition and beyond? Um, I mean, I think that for me, the most like you can do anything. You can do anything whenever you want to do it. Like, and I think that's what I want. I want I want to end on a real positive, but you have to do the work. Like we can't, we can no longer ignore the work. So, and that's so the two have to come together. And I think that um comb- like you can have that motivation and that desire, but that that doggedness is not enough anymore. And that that mind over matter, I mean, I've been in that place, obviously, and we'll all, and many people here listening to this have been in that place where it's mind over matter. Actually, you just you just can't do that when you when you hit your mid 40s and perimenopause and, and yeah, and menopause and beyond. We have to be um yeah, we, we have to balance it out and also and and balance and balance everything. Like balance is okay. Balance isn't a weakness, and balance means that we can stay competing and training and enjoying our sport for many many years to come um and and I think that's what you want from this life stage isn't it it's kind of like let's just let's enjoy it for as long as we can and enjoy our and our bodies we want our bodies to feel good we want our bodies to feel brilliant and enjoy that movement and not like yeah yeah not really painful balance is not a weakness that's going to be a t-shirt that's a good there you one. go Well, that's our show. Come on back next week when I sit down with former four-time CrossFit Games athlete and family physician, Dr. Julie Foucher, who practices precision medicine with Wild Health and has her own podcast called Pursuing Health. We talk all about the potential benefits of precision medicine for menopause and much, much more. So come on back for that one. And until then, as always, stay feisty. You've been listening to Hit Play, Not Pause, a feisty menopause podcast for active, performance-minded women. I'm your host, Celine Yeager. The show is edited and produced by the strong, talented, and amazing women at Live Feisty Media. Follow us on social media at Feisty Menopause. And please help us spread the word. Screenshot and share this episode on your social media channels with the tag at Feisty Menopause. Share the show with your friends. And please subscribe, like, review, and rate this show wherever you get your podcasts. Word of mouth and good reviews make it easier for other listeners to find. Thanks for listening. And as always, stay feisty. Stay feisty.